Hello and welcome back to the IEG Insider Podcast. My name is Matthew Nanez and I'm your host. This is the fifth episode of the Engage series and it's a special one. It's part two to episode with IUG New York City chapter leader Alex Morales. Nick Kwiatkowski joins us in the hallway at the 2019 Envi Engage. And if you're wanting a dose of tech talk, this is the episode. We talk about the new possibilities of cloud, the business strategy surrounding it, controlling your destiny in the telecom world, and getting people connected with a local user group. Now, before we get into the episode, just a quick plug. Sessions from the 2019 of I Engage are now available to paid IUG members. I repeat, paid IUG members. If you're a paid member who went to Engage, you have them for free as part of your admission. If you didn't go, they're $75, but I would argue the value you get from this vast collection of content far exceeds that. Go to IUG.org to access this content. And if you're not a paid member, what are you waiting for? Sign up today. Now on to the second part interview with Alex Morales. Enjoy. Well, um, let's, let's pivot a little bit to uh, your topic of virtualization demystifies what it is and why you need it. And so there are a lot of um, industries out there utilizing cloud-based solutions, right? And so for those who might not understand virtualization, it might be new to them, uh, how can virtualization help them in, in their work? So, uh, you know, cloud is a funny, it's a funny word. It, it's, a, it's a buzzword that, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, we've been saying it for maybe five years now. And um, it's amazing how many people don't know what it is or are mm -hmm. so confused by what the true definition of cloud is mm -hmm. that they don't broach the subject altogether. And in fact... So, uh, what do you think the... Uh, the definition of cloud is? It's very simple. Uh, uh, cloud, mm -hmm. right, is a network connected data center. So okay. if, I had a, if I had a data center and uh, it was isolated, isolated, closed circuit, right, no one could access it unless you're at the data center, you have a data center. Mm -hmm. You have a computer room, right? Once I drop a network connection, whether it's WAN, MAN, or internet, mm -hmm. I've cloud enabled my computer services, my, 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 my application services, right? Okay. And I would call that iteration cl of cloud number one, which is the private cloud, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then, uh, you know, th there was a, honestly, there was a revenue uh, opportunity that um, these behemoth companies saw. Uh, hey, listen, the, these, uh, this SMB space, these guys have no money mm -hmm. up front to spend $100,000 on servers. We can afford lots of uh, servers at a fraction of the cost because we buy in volume. Well, why don't mm -hmm. we build these farms of resources and we'll drop what to cloud enable it, an internet circuit, mm -hmm. right? And then we'll get those SMB companies to subscribe to our services. They don't have to worry about the infrastructure. Mm -hmm. They run their applications on our infrastructure, multi-tenant. Uh, we'll secure it for them. They don't have to worry, and we'll call it the cloud. This is sounding a whole lot like Centrex. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, uh, the first mistake is to think that the stuff we are inventing was not 
invented before. Right. Yeah, at one point or another, right? There's nothing yeah, right. new. Uh, well, you know, I, I made this comment to, to someone. I had, a, I had a great conversation with Steve Forkham about cloud services. Mm-hmm. And um, he threw out uh, another buzzword. Oh, it's, it's, I shouldn't say that. It's not a buzzword, but rather a technology, right? So mm-hmm. containerization. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, you know, you think people don't understand cloud. They have no idea what containerization is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, companies uh, throw out, you know, uh, solution names like Kubernetes. Oh, Kubernetes. Kubernetes. It's containerization, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think was the first version of containerization? The first most well-known version of software containerization. And when I said this, it was like a light bulb went off, mm-hmm. right? Java. Right? Okay. Java was containerization, right? I was thinking going back even further, but in my mind, but sure. Okay. The, the most, yeah. the, the more <laughs> okay. well-known, yes, right? Yes, yes. Albeit, albeit, uh, I won't say, I won't go as far as to say uh, that it failed because for some time there, there was huge development around Java applications mm-hmm. and portability of those applications across operating systems as long as you had a, a uh, applicable uh, version of Java. Right. right? I'd, I'd say Java still hasn't failed either. Because you know what? You know what? People failed Java. Java didn't fail people, right? We, I mean, we will our, agree our, on our, that. Our Aura systems are very heavily built on uh, Java still yeah, today. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But so, uh, when you draw lines between what people know mm-hmm. to the buzzwords getting thrown around today, it's a light bulb going off. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I overheard someone, uh, and, and you may know. You may have uh, caught on this too, Nick. Mm-hmm. Um, someone said, you know, digital transformation is one of the hardest things to explain to customers. I almost nearly fell off my seat. <laughs> I almost nearly fell off. I, I, I went, if you can't explain it, it's because you don't understand it yourself. Mm-hmm. Because it is one of the most simple things to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the way I go about it is merely to say, you split it in two. Right? One is digital transformation innovation, digital transformation business strategies. I didn't come up with those terms. Mm-hmm. Those have been circulating, right? But, yeah. but why do we split the two? Well, because digital transformation is two phases. One is to innovate the tool set, IT mm-hmm. in this case, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, provide innovative change. Remember, I said, I, I said this earlier, to evolve, requires innovative change, right? So in in the case of business transformation, uh, the IT ecosystem needs to change in an innovative form. But in Mm -hmm. and of itself, by itself, it does nothing but be innovative, right? It's not going to deliver anything until it starts to get used. And that's where the business strategy portion comes in, right? Mm -hmm. One is technology overhaul Mm -hmm. and drive, the other one has to come from people. Yeah. Right? And that, it, it, those are, that's as simplistic as I can bring it to the table. That is what digital transformation is all about. Mm-hmm. Right? Those two phases. And I think um, going back to your original question about the demystification of virtualization. Right? Right. Um, what happens is, um, you know, uh, a lot of people don't even realize that uh, virtualization, and I cover this in my session, virtualization 
uh, of hardware uh, and applications has been around since the s late 60s, 1968 actually, mm. in my research. Um, and, and it went through some iterations in the 70s, right? Uh, a company, a little company known as IBM was <laughs> driving that effort, right? Um, and then uh, what we see was that uh, through that Unix world, uh, Linux was born and uh, it carried forward that virtualization technology. Mm -hmm. It really wasn't uh, uh, until VMware came into the space and packaged it. They did something quite interesting, right? Mm -hmm. um, they did uh, what Apple did for the smartphone, right? Palm had been around for a while, right? They, they, smartphones didn't start with the iPhone, but we literally, it, it's synonymous, smartphone, yeah. iPhone. It, right? it made it sexy. It made it sexy. It packaged right. it. Right. It made it easy. Right. Right? And so uh, VMware made virtualization easy. However, that's, that wasn't the Avaya story. That would not be the Avaya story, right? People don't remember that Avaya got into the virtualization space in 2009 mm. with a product named System Platform, right? Based on Zen, right? Which is an mm. open source KVM-based hypervisor, right? Now, they didn't do a very good job of it, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, was, it was sexy in the sense that oh wow, I have a server, and maybe I could run more than one application on it. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, mind blown, right? Um, but as, as virtualization matured, it became very apparent that uh, things had not been as sexy or as attractive mm -hmm. as we once thought. Now, um, and, and to that effect too, you know, from the time that Avaya got in, like started deploying Zen with uh, System Platform and all that stuff too, VMware had gone leaps and bounds in their technology. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Introducing things like vMotion and all that type of stuff, yep. which were things that all of a sudden like people were like I want that. Groundbreaking. Right. Groundbreaking. Although although those things did exist in KVM, they just weren't exposed. They weren't they, utilized they, at the they, time. They were not as fit and finished as what VMware ended up. There was a maturity, with. true. Yes, there yes. was a maturity that had not yet been there. Right. 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 And so, the problem is that uh, to understand the cloud mm -hmm. uh, means you have to understand what enables the cloud, and virtualization. And yeah. virtualization was the single technology that was that that. Uh, in it by in it of it by itself is what enabled the cloud, right? Mm -hmm. Not only is it what enabled the cloud, it's what enabled the big behemoths to actually sell cloud as a service, right? However right, yeah. you digest it, right? Mm -hmm. And then so we talked about private cloud, we talked about public cloud, but um, cloud adoption has not been easy or fast. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I, I referenced back to my conversation with Steve Forkham. You know, I said, Steve, show me where hardware purchases. Don't don't tell me how much money you're making in cloud. You know, millions and millions of dollars. Three, uh, 289 million dollars is not an insignificant amount of money. Mm -hmm. But if you look at how much money is being spent on hardware. Customers still consuming hardware for on-prem deployment. That number isn't down yet. 
Yeah. And that number, that, that convergence between that number going down and cloud adoption going up, that convergence point, no one can see it yet. That's crazy, yeah. Right? And yeah. So, so, yeah, we can, we can hypothesize cloud is the future mm -hmm. uh, uh, the same way fax is going to be dead. And yeah. we all know multifunction printers with fax capability, they're, they're still around, yeah. right? Will they die? Yeah, eventually they will, but they're mm -hmm. still around, right? Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, so you know, what happened, what I saw in, in the industry here over the last three years was a huge leap between companies talking about virtualized infrastructure and the importance of it to, I have a cloud, come consume me. Mm -hmm. And what they did was, uh, I wanna say lots of customers were left holding a bag of, I don't know what this is, and because I don't know what it is, I'm scared of it, and right. I'm embarrassed to ask the question because I don't wanna look like the guy who doesn't know. Yeah, yeah. But because of it, because I don't know, and I'm afraid to ask the question, I'm gonna keep doing the same thing I've been doing, tried and true. Yeah, it's like, it's like the couple of conversations we've had in, in this as well, like the fear of, of being the one who screws up. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, it's not, it's not only, it goes beyond the fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, the fear of not controlling your own destiny. Mm -hmm. The fear that uh, in a world where you hear uh, companies getting hacked left and right, yeah. data exfiltration going on left and right, no one wants to be the leader that says, let's go to a cloud and then that cloud provider gets hacked and yeah. that goes on for two years before you're notified and you know, your, your data was exfiltrated, oh, but it was encrypted. But by the way, the keys to encrypt the data, yeah, that went too. <laughs> but I mean, uh, the other, I mean, I would say another fear that uh, is equally founded on that too is also will that provider be there tomorrow? Un because, agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Because uh, even though, I mean, unless you're going with the really big players, the AWSs, the Azures, the uh, GCPs, like those out there, you go to any provider besides that, and A, you know, you have to rely on them and to do their stuff right, and then B, it could be one of those things where the stockholders say we're not making enough money on it, and they pull the plug. And, and, and if you have now relied on that, all of a sudden you might be in a situation where you have 30 days to reinvent your entire infrastructure. And so now we'll talk about yet another iteration of the cloud, right? right. Which, is, which is hybrid cloud, uh, I would say version 2.0, mm -hmm. right? Uh, so 1.0 was consuming the cloud as infrastructure as a service, right? I would go to Google, go to Microsoft and say, I need, some, I need to uh, subscribe to some hardware. I don't, you know, I, whether it was shared or not, mm -hmm. I'm just gonna spin VMs up, right? Um, but because of that very fear, is Amazon gonna be here? Is Amazon at some point gonna get too big and price gouge mm -hmm. and, 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 and uh, take me from a, uh, an operating model that at some point was saving me money? Mm -hmm. We might wanna pause for a second. We'll yeah. pause for a second. <laughs> it's all good. 
it's all good. You want it's all good. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, the fear of, hey, I, I've put all my eggs in the Amazon basket, yeah. and now they raised prices 100%, and now when I told my management, my, my senior management, that I was going to save them a million dollars, now I'm spending an extra million that I hadn't anticipated in operating, right? And, and if I do that, I can't pivot fast enough because I'd have to reinvent everything to pull out of Amazon. So mm -hmm. what happens now, version 2.0, we have companies like VMware and Nutanix right. who have done something very interesting. Uh, what they've done is they have taken uh, the risk and they go to the behemoths and they say, uh, I'm going to consume those resources mm -hmm. and uh, I'm gonna resell them. And they go to their customers and they said, hey, we wrote these real cool automation and orchestration applications. Uh, we, could, we can sell you space on our cloud and you can use vCenter on steroids. And these hosts that are on our side mm -hmm. will look like a host cluster as if it were on your side. Mm -hmm. And so it's business as usual. Just, just pay us this fee monthly and... Uh, you can consume as much as you want. Yeah. And now that's where we're in hybrid cloud version 2.0 where not only does it allow for the consumption of, of uh, cloud technologies from a single vendor, but now we have multi-cloud, mm -hmm. right? Which is I take my private cloud and I extend it to however many clouds I want to consume. Yeah. I can go into Amazon and Microsoft at the same time, powered by VMware, and now if Amazon starts to price gouge VMware, they can come back to me and say, hey, you know, this cost is going up on this host cluster, but I can get you a better deal on that other host cluster. Uh, you interested? And I'll go, I really don't care who owns the infrastructure, so just put no. me where it's going to cost me less money. Yep and I don't have to reinvent the wheels, the same workloads. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time too, you can bring it in-house if you need to. I can bring it all back in-house right. if I need to, that's right. If anything changes on my end, yep. or I, get, I have a, a, you know, my clients have a new directive to say, you know, I'm sorry, the cloud just isn't good enough anymore, it isn't right. secure enough, uh, I need you to have that right. on-prem, on I can go, no problem, I'll mm -hmm. pull all those workloads back, right? Yeah. So, once again, we're back to if you didn't understand virtualization from the beginning and you were afraid to get to the cloud, even if we are now putting cloud version 2.0 in front of your face, are you going to go? Yeah. You still, it's still based on virtualization. Mm -hmm. So at some point, somebody has to step in and go, okay, let's, let's go back to the basics a bit. Uh, let's not provide you with uh, a vendor-specific screenshot of how you deploy an OVA. Anybody can do that, right? Mm -hmm. But how do I give you a solid foundation of understanding around virtualization? How do I make it so you're not scared of it anymore? Right. Right? That's where my presentation comes in. There you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's... I've got one, one last question. I kind of want to bring it full circle to where when you first began being a part of this community, right? And there's always going to be 
new blood coming in, people are getting really excited about what they're learning and they're wanting those jobs and they might see an ad for Engage or whatever, or for the, they're, they're getting more interested in Avaya, but they're starting off from, from the bottom. If there is one thing you can say to that person who's just kind of starting their, their journey, if you will, what's that one piece of information that you would tell them to impart uh, on I'm, them? I'm gonna be real selfish. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna be real selfish here. Um, Let's get you connected with your local user group and let's start your experience. Let, let's yeah. start your journey. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think uh, when we can show you value uh, at the local user group level, it will become apparent to you that uh, there is value to extend beyond the local user group. Uh, not necessarily, you know, again, uh, Leadership isn't for anyone, mm -hmm. but uh, at some point uh, when you outgrow the local user group and you want to consume more, it's only organic to step into the world of IAUG as an international organization mm -hmm. and all of the knowledge uh, that we house at that central layer, right? So, mm -hmm. so we've, we've started their journey through the foundation yeah. And now we're going into the finish work, yeah. right? And so um, at some point, I would then say, you know, when you are there, when you have finished your home, mm -hmm. you will come to a, a, a point in time where you will ask yourself, I've seen what the, what the people and this organization have done for me. Mm -hmm. Does it make sense for me to continue my path and my journey? Or do I now want to give? Yeah. Do I want to now lead? And that's where uh, I would say, you know, uh, the journey is different for everyone, mm -hmm. but the framework is the same. And, and kind of tying back to your earlier roots, I would say giving is not necessarily always like running a user group or something like that. No, really. But giving could equally be helping out people on the forums Absolutely. or creating uh, you know, educational content for us. Yep. Speaking at the conference is a, is a great thing. Absolutely. Or even you know, helping, helping a speaker. You know, Helping, helping a speaker, speaker, right? Or I mean, or even going and uh, you know helping us uh, put together blog postings or things like that. Absolutely. I think any of those things, you know, I wouldn't say are the typical or the traditional leading, but they really do help lead the organization. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And speaking from an IEUG uh, uh, point of view, we're we're putting together more blogs. We're putting together more podcasts. And so, if you're a leader, use use us as a as a resource to help you get going. Uh, if you're passionate about a subject, write a blog. Uh, and if you don't like writing blogs, just speak into a voice memo and send it along to someone who will uh, <laughs> write for you. I, I mean, great resources for that. Th yeah. There's yeah. no, there is no uh, bigger power than the power of sharing knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it's, and it's it, the best way to reinforce what you have yourself. Absolutely. If you're, there's an inherent thing in, 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 with humans where if you have to teach somebody, you have now learned it better. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, and, and through knowledge, we, we, we are enlightened, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So That sounds like a great place to end. Just boom, right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right there. That's our, that's, that's our calling card right there. Great. So. Great. Alex, thank you so much for stopping by uh, and 
go enjoy the rest of your night. Thank and, you uh, for having me. I'm looking forward to a beer. Nick and I are going to definitely grab a beer together after this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. And Matt's welcome too. Yeah, yes, yeah, I absolutely. am. I might pass out on the way there, but uh, <laughs> he just came in so, this morning, so yeah. he's still alive. yeah, I'm, I'm still there. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, thank you so much, and you. Uh, we'll see you around. And uh, awesome, it's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you so much to Alex Morales and Nick Kwiatkowski. Join us next week for the IUG Insider Podcast for our last episode of the Engage series. See you then.